Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Brave Feminine Leadership. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I wanted to share with you guys this week, it's just me, there's no guests here, it's just me talking and it's lovely to have your company. I wrote a blog recently and I just thought I'd share some of my thinking behind the blog and, you know, you might be the sort of person who finds it easier to digest this material listening. Uh, You might be on the way to work, you might be on the way home from work, who knows where you are, but I wanted to share some of my thinking behind it and the blog was titled Stop Labelling Yourself the Person Who Gets Things Done How to Unlock the Power of Strategic Thinking for Women Leaders and you know, we found we came across some really interesting research, and I share some of it in the blog. But it talks about comparisons between males and females with regards to whether we're considered strategic or not. And you know, the brilliant news, and yes, you can hear the sarcasm in my voice as I say this, is that by the time we reach fifty, we're considered to be as strategic as our male colleagues. So, for some magical reason, as we turn fifty, we all become brilliant at strategy. Prior to that not so much. And I often hear it that women are viewed as less strategic, that we get a lot of vague feedback about lacking strategic thinking. And in many, many cases, people are terrified of the word. You know, I often hear women label ourselves as a doer. I heard it I heard it this morning. I connected with someone I'd never met before. And that's how they described themselves in the first few sentences. You know, we get shit done. And one of the wonderful CEOs in our Elevate and Influence course shared recently, we were talking about strategy, and shared with me recently that this perspective on her strategic thinking capabilities stopped her applying for CEO roles for a long time, as she thought it was all super high-level strategy and she was operational, I make things happen, and I didn't think I had the strategic skills for the role. So I just wonder, you know, as you're listening there, and if you can ask yourself the question, you know, could you be labelling yourself the person who gets things done, and could this actually be getting in the way of you getting ahead? So this research that we came across was by Jack Zenger, and it was the perception of female leaders' strategic capability. It was really interesting. He assessed 19 leadership competencies, and it was the only one that displayed a trend of improvement as we age, and across almost every other competency, females were rated higher, and it got me thinking really curiously. The differences in the perspective of males and females and their strategic thinking capability was really stark. Um, particularly in the younger age groups, so 25 to 35, 36 to 40, and then 41 to 45. And then all of a sudden we reached the 50-plus age bracket. It's great news for any of our listeners who are out there. Seemingly without doing anything at all, all of a sudden we inch ahead of our male colleagues. So fascinating research. And it just got me thinking, well, what is strategic thinking and why is it important for women in leadership? And any time you ask that question, it's always met with resounding silence. Like, well, we sort of know, but we're not 100% sure. So if I can try and put it simply, strategic thinking is a blend of qualities and characteristics that involve the cognitive ability to analyse complex situations. So deep thinking. It's about being able to anticipate potential outcomes, make well-informed decisions, set clear priorities, and make choices about what to start and stop doing to achieve long-term goals, goals that are going to deliver long-lasting improvement to your organisation. 
you know, I often say to a lot of the executives that I work with about, it's about looking up and looking out to assess the broader trends and patterns and risks and opportunities. And, you know, I remember my own tenure as a CEO, you know, the first probably 12 months of my tenure were very inward focusing. I felt like there were a lot of challenges that we needed to address uh, culturally. And that's where I started. But I then realised the enormous challenge of taking a team who worked in a very operational business. You know, it was fast paced. We got a lot of shit done. How did I transition that group to a group that were looking up, looking out, that were externally focused as much as anything else, assessing what was going on in the broader kind of landscape? You know, I also think about strategic skills. It's about storytelling and engagement. It's about getting the buy-in from the people that you're working with and then addressing capability gaps. Those gaps can be the people that you work with. They can be dollars. They can be time. It's also about improving culture and organisational mindsets. So all of those things, and they're highly valued in senior executive roles. And the good news is that by focusing on them and with discipline and intention, you can improve them. I actually think, and you know, I find this with a lot of the people that I work with, that you've actually got a lot of capability in this regard if you make the time to explore it. And it's the sort of capability that you can apply to your personal life too. You know, by becoming intentional about that wonderful career of yours and developing a personal strategic plan, you can actually look up and look out and imagine your next steps too. So what are some of these misconceptions about women and strategic thinking? The reality is there is no gender difference in the ability to develop the skills for strategic planning and thinking. So there is some compelling research, though, that suggests that some of the misconceptions about women in leadership is linked to factors about how we've been socialised, that even the language we use can lead to a bias about our capability in this area. And I work with a lot of incredible executives in big, busy roles, and they're nonstop. And a lot of them are caught in the daily rhythm of reconciling budgets, of managing performance, full diaries, working long hours with back-to-back -back meetings. They're focused on that day and that problem. And as doers, they're knee-deep in the detail and sometimes want to share that, you know, to demonstrate competency and to prove that they've got their finger on the pulse. And often so many of us have been rewarded for sharing data and sharing facts. And a recent Harvard Business Review article titled Research, Men Speak More Abstractly Than Women, shares that this concrete way of communicating, of sharing all of the facts and data and the detail, can lead to us being evaluated as less strategic in the workplace. And the article goes on to give some examples of concrete language and abstract language and concrete language being things like this new initiative will bring in additional business by adding a complementary suite of services to our core offering. It then talks about abstract language and the article says or the research says that men can use this more abstract language more often than us. And an example is our new initiative will launch us into the future and make the company more innovative and prosperous. Abstract thinking is linked to power and leadership. And they're the skills that people think about when they consider strategic thinking capability. So as you're digesting this, start paying attention to how you might be communicating. Are you communicating with a clear link to long-term strategy, to the vision, to the bigger picture? 
or are you in the weeds of the detail? Let me take a brief pause from listening to the podcast for a minute just to check in and see if the conversation's inspiring any new thoughts or any new reflections for you. I hear so often from people in our audience, largely successful and senior professional women, how much they are craving some inspiration into their lives. I would just love to share with you, if you're looking for some, then come and sign up for our Sunday Inspiration email series. You can find a link in the show notes at the end of the show. Now let's get back to the podcast. So, you know, what do you do if you actually want to strengthen those skills? And there isn't a quick fix on this stuff. By definition, strategic thinking is deep thinking. So it doesn't happen when you squeeze it between back-to-back meetings. You know, every leadership role involves an element of critical thinking, of generating new ideas and of innovation. And to do it, it requires access to new information about your market, competitors, trends, exposure to different industries, new technologies and new networks. One of the questions that we ask all the time in our course is, would you be considered a strategic thinker at work? And so we map a difference. You know, strategic thinkers are often articulating their vision. They're looking up. They're proactive. They're communicating in concise, planned messages. They're disciplined about protecting their deep thinking time. And then you contrast that with non-strategic thinkers. Now, they're running at a frenetic pace. They're doing it all. Their head's down. They're saving the day. They're saving others. And they're very reactive so how would you rate yourself against those two things, you know, strategic or non-strategic, and how would others rate you? So it leads to the big question around can you leave the detail in the dust? This is really challenging, and it's the hardest step that any leader makes, not just the transition from becoming an individual contributor to a leader, But this step here about really elevating into some of the more senior executive roles, it can be challenging for a lot of people because there just won't be time to be across the same level of detail. And this is where some of the skills around delegating, around asking good questions and developing what I call the sniff test, um, developing that muscle is super important. And that sniff test, I think, is critical. And, you know, you use it all the way through to board roles that I'm involved in today. It really helps you work out and know when you can stay at 10,000 feet and when you need to dive into the detail. So it's a critical skill. And step by step, it can enable you to distance yourself from the detail and step across taking responsibility for a much broader portfolio. So in the blog, one of the things I go on to talk about is some tips for communicating your ideas strategically. And so, you know, brilliant strategies fail when leaders don't engage their whole organisation in the why. This is where the skill set of storytelling and vision setting skills matter the most. This is how you gain buy-in and commitment and actions from teams. And so we ask people in our courses to actually practice this skill. You know, we ask people to write a compelling vision about a current change initiative and then share it with us, share it amongst a group of like-minded peers. And we we collaborate with Karen Rule, who's a brilliant coaching psychologist, and we share some compelling data in our program around the best influencing strategies to use to engage the hearts and minds of our team. 
And Karen shares with us that the you know most leaders try to win their teams and their stakeholders over by leaning on an influencing technique called rational persuasion, convincing with facts and figures. And I'll give you three good reasons why that works. Did you see what I did just there? So demonstrating rational persuasion. Um, I'll give you three good reasons why. So Karen dispels the myth that this is the most effective method. In fact, it's less impactful and often it leads to resistance to change. The ability to set a vision and to help people imagine a better and more compelling future is the influencing strategy that is the most effective. It can take longer, but it's the most effective. And, you know, it's just like you. As I see you, I imagine you stepping into that CEO role with the wind blowing in your hair, you know, articulating your vision concisely, looking up and looking out and anticipating your next move. Just let that sink in. Did that feel like a compelling vision for you? So next time someone stops you in the corridor, a CEO or senior exec stops to see how your day is going, avoid sharing a rundown of how busy you've been. Instead, think about sharing something a bit more visionary with them. And I don't want to put pressure on you there so that you end up tongue-tied and don't say anything at all, but think about something that's aligned to the organisation's objectives. You know, it's such a great place to position yourself, thinking about the organisation strategy, thinking about how what you do links to the organisation strategy. And then can you choose to share instead something along the lines of, I've been spending time thinking about where we're going as an organisation and I've been doing a bit of research and gathering some information that I think will help grow our collective knowledge in the area. You know, try that. Um, and actually try and do the work alongside it as well uh, will really help in terms of, you know, being perceived to be and being recognised as a strategic leader. The next thing's really easy. You know, explore through reading and intentionally putting the time in your diary to access more information. Are you making time to, you know, dig into Harvard Business Review? They've got some brilliant digital articles. Or find some thought-leading books. Are there some, you know, new books that you need to read? One I've been recommending to a few people recently is one called The Digital Mindset, and that book was written by Paul Leonardi and Sadar Neely. Um, I think it's fantastic for executives to be able to be part of the conversation around data and algorithms and AI, so important. So read them with a view to how you can incorporate some of the concepts you've explore, explored into what you're doing and then incorporate them in. Get out of the office, build some new networks across different industries. What can you learn by exposing yourself to dis different industries? And then ask yourself, how can I deploy, I can't even say the word English, how can I demonstrate or apply some of that strategic thinking in our next meeting? So on conclusion, you know, reflecting on how to change your perspective and that of others regarding women's strategic thinking, you know, I've shared some hot tips there. The truth is that women are capable strategic thinkers but sometimes this addiction to busyness gives off the perception that we're stuck in the minutiae of detail and that we've got our head down and not our head up. So the first reflection is identify your own habits and blind spots and be more self-aware when you're exhibiting non-strategic thinking behaviours and then be intentional about changing what others see. 
create space for deep thinking and make it obvious that you're doing that thinking. Yeah, the second thing is to help your colleagues along the way. So share with them habits that help to find a better way to approach strategic thinking. And when you see someone being more strategic, point it out to them and to others. So, you know, be part of that swell of public relations in support of both yourself and other females needed to change that context. The third reflection is for both individuals and organisations to be aware of. We've talked about these socialised factors in the way that sometimes the language we, we use can falsely label women as lacking in strategic capability. So challenge those factors and ask yourself, am I judging based on the language being used here? You know, can I lead people to link their updates to strategy? Can I invite everyone in my team to open with the big picture? Can I help train people to think this way and then choose to dive into the detail where, need, where it's needed? So the last thing I want to say in this short little podcast around strategic thinking is don't wait to do any of the above. Jump into your calendar right now. Cancel a meeting. Set, a set aside some time for deep strategic thinking. There's no better time to start being more strategic than right now. It's been wonderful having you here with me today. Have a brilliant day. And that was the end of another podcast conversation. So thank you so much for listening to the episode today. I often hear from leaders who felt inspired by the conversations and are ready to put themselves first. And so I wanted to take a brief moment just to share how I've helped hundreds of women just like you become crystal clear on the exact steps they should be following right now to lead an intentional and sustainable life without second guessing themselves so that they can maximize their influence influence and impact. I've put some details into the show notes and there's a link there where you can find out some more about our signature Elevate and Influence program. While you're there, take the time to sign up for our Sunday inspiration email series. Have a brilliant day.